the fire, merry meet, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Hello. Everybody. Hello. We are back in the studio after what feels like a million years away. It has been. It's been a while. In the studio. Yeah. Not in putting stuff out. No, but I missed you. I missed you too. <laughs> I've been dealing with other stuff at my house. It's been incredibly stressful. <laughs> it should yeah. be sorted out by tomorrow evening, but right now it sucks. And by the time you hear this, it'll be all, all gone. Be a distant, horrible memory. <laughs> but we have some really good news for Seattleites. We do? What, oh what is my it? gosh. And if you are not in Seattle, I think you need to come here. And now I'm going to forget the name of it. There's a new wand store in town. And by wand store, I mean... Isn't it a bar? It's a... Sti- oh, yeah. But it's a wand store. Oh. I wish I'd pulled up the website so I could just read it to I'll you. find it. There is a new bar called Broken... I'm going to look for it the so broken, you can just yeah, say it. So we'll, we'll say, I think it's called the Broken Wand or the Broken Stick. It's not the Broken Stick. No. But anyway, it is a bar. Lots of themed, magic themes. There's a new bar called the Splintered Wand. Splintered Wand. Yeah. That's it. And, but they have a wand shop in the bar. Apparently, they also have uh, potions for drinks, yes. British pub fare, and a skeleton sea monster sculpture. Yeah. So that's fun. You're going to be really happy because a lot of their drinks are with absinthe. Ooh. Yeah. And they really delayed opening before COVID, actually, because they wanted to get it just right. And they were they sound like very magical people when you go and read the website. And if not, they're faking it really well but i think they're probably pretty magical people yeah and i'm really excited about it it's it looks so cool we should definitely go on a road trip over there i would like to do it yeah and by road trip for us anything out of west seattle is a road trip anything that takes us across across the water yeah is it in wallingford it's in ballard ballard yeah yeah and at first i was confused because there's already like a nerdy bar in ballard is there yeah it's attached to the card shop it's attached to card kingdom um, it's called Moxie. Oh, yeah. It's oh, great. yeah. It's such a great place. And so for some reason in my head, I was like, there can't be two nerdy bars in Ballard. But of course there can. But they're they're everywhere. I'm so excited. I want to see this giant skeleton sea monster. I know, right? <laughs> I just want to see all the wands that they're going to make. Because I make wands, so I'm really interested. We're not talking about wands today, though. <gasps> We're talking about another witchy item. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're talking about brooms. A.K.A. besoms or besoms. Yep. Yeah. I always giggle a little bit when I see that word because I pretend that it says bosoms because I'm 12. <laughs> it doesn't say bosoms. It's besom. Okay. It's besom. But uh, I'm really excited because we were talking about, like, what do we want to talk about? And I was like, why brooms? Why brooms and witches? And so now we're going to talk about why brooms and witches. And when she says we're going to talk about it, she has done all the beautiful research. And I have some of it in my brain, but not enough to like speak like a scholar on it. I mean, so I'm, she's certainly, taking that one. I'm certainly not going to speak like a scholar, but yes, you are. I appreciate that. You do. <laughs> you totally do. Um, I'm really excited about this, this episode. Uh, it was, I, I went on a real rabbit hole situation and it was one of those things where it was suddenly like 9 30 and I realized I had not had dinner yet because I just got so into what I was reading 
and putting it all together so I could explain it to you in like a cohesive way. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited to talk about it. I have a couple things from my book of shadows that I looked at from like literally 2000 That's... is when it was dated. And then, of course, I have my I have my broom over sitting right over there, all decorated and stuff. And we can talk about that when we get to when we get to the bonfire. Yeah. Yeah. Before we go mm -hmm. to the library. Yes. Do you want to talk just briefly? And I do mean briefly about <laughs> flying ointment or do you want to talk about that in the library? Well, I have mentions of it. <gasps> oh, let's talk in about my it research. There. If it's what I think it is. Then I have mentions of it in my research. Okay. Uh, I don't know what you mean by flying ointment, okay. but I know what history means by flying ointment. Let's, we'll talk history first, and then I'll <laughs> talk about some of the stuff that I... I ran across something. It is the week of July... 28th. It is the 29th right now. Is it? It is, because sure. tomorrow's oh, the 30th. Uh, and it's also almost Lunasa. It is almost Lunasa. Hope you caught our Lou episode yeah. and revisited our Lunasa episode from a year ago. Yeah. Almost a year. Holy September smokes. 2nd, everyone, will be our one year anniversary. We're, gritty, we're getting old. We get, we're, we, we're, we're growing up. We're no longer a baby podcast. So I am looking forward, and I know this is probably not like a popular opinion, but I am looking forward to summer kind of petering out. Oh, I'm ready for fall. And I saw a news article that made me literally like slump dejectedly at my desk that was like uh, meteorologists predict another another heat wave. And I was like, yeah, get wrecked. I do. Well, you're not, in the Pacific Northwest. I yeah. do not like it, Sam. I am. I'd love to hear how the rest of the country is doing. I know we've got some people in Florida. I talked to somebody today who is uh, working in New York, and she said that it was a real hot over there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Somewhere, one of our listeners is posting our, a lot of rain pictures, and oh. I haven't figured out where they are. And I don't want to ask because I don't want to be creepy, but I'm like... <laughs> but where's the rain and how can we get some? Where is that rain? Why? It has rained, I think, once in the last month. Yeah. I have watered more this year than ever. I don't even, I don't want to look at our water bill. Do you want to go to the library? I do want to go to the library. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to list all my sources and then I'm going to talk a lot. So please feel free to interject at any time. I'll ask questions. Ask maybe. me questions. Uh, okay. So sources are... History.com, Forbes.com, LiveScience.com, or LiveScience, TBD. They mm. are spelled the same. Who knows? Uh, Hyperallergic.com, EnchantedLivingMagazine.com, and a website that we mentioned in the podcast recently, FlyingTheHedge.com. Oh, because she's amazing. Yeah. Oh. And she had a really great article about it. I love that website. Uh, so first thing is first, brooms as we know them today did not always look like that. They were usually nothing more than a bundle of twigs, grasses, things like that. The sort of like corn grass broom that we are familiar with uh, didn't come around until like the 19th century. Wow. Um, but it started as a handheld 
little bushel and eventually somebody was like, you know what would be really smart <laughs> is if we tie this to a stick. And they did. And then the broom happened and it was great. Do you know what they remind me of that what you're describing mm. it are the ones that you can find at Halloween that are have cinnamon smelling on them and all that and by the way i want i wanted to say earlier and to interject earlier you are not alone i'm seeing all over my social media sites counting down to halloween it's like 96 days or something on our release date it will be officially 81 days until Samhain slash halloween begging for it to be fall yeah so you are not alone in that anyway fun fact never buy me anything cinnamon scented like that okay i'm deeply allergic to whatever it is they use to adhere the cinnamon scent (sighs) thanks target for helping me learn that about myself that stinks uh it does stink (laughs) actually (laughs) i I didn't even do that it stinks and it breaks me out in itchy itchy hives so yeah the broom is it's usually often rather interchanged with the word besom Uh, which is what that sort of non-handled broom situation was. Brooms have been around for ever in some way or another. Uh, They are a practical object, uh, often tied to, at least in the Western world, domesticity, because they're a household tool. They're kind of the symbol of the home. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit. Okay. Uh, but they're they're really old. And there are types of brooms because they're such a practical thing across all cultures. So I just want to be really clear that the stuff I'm talking to about today is Western, Ireland, Scotland, Italy, Greece, those types of places. Got cool? It. Love it. Rad. Okay. So the first depiction of witches riding on brooms is from a 1451 edition of a manuscript by a guy named Martin Lefranc, and it's a paint. It's a manuscript called *The Defender of Ladies*, and it depicts two women, one who is astride a broom and one who is astride a white wooden stick, and they were dressed in a way that was clear to historians that they were Waldensians which was a sect of Christianity that had the audacity to think that even women could be priests. <laughs> oh, Lord So forbid. obviously, of course, the uh, Catholic Church hunted and demonized them. Of course. That's going to be a little bit of a theme today. Oh. I'm going to try not to get too salty about it. Uh, so 1451, that's the first depiction of a witch riding a broom. The first known depiction, obviously. Uh, The first confession of a witch riding a broom was actually a man. And his name was Guillaume Edeline. And he was a priest in Saint-Germain near Paris in 1453, not long after that depiction of those ladies. Uh, He was arrested for thinking out loud that the uh, church's, like... The Catholic Church's like warnings about witches were whack, and they were like, "Well, we can't have that." So um, they tortured him a bunch and induced a confession, and uh, he was imprisoned for life anyway. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, there's a lot of there's a sort of salacious nature to witches flying on brooms mm-hmm. that makes it very popular at Halloween for people to write articles about it. Mm. You're going to read an article and it's going to be identical to every other article that you're going to find. Isn't that amazing how much people just lift and yes. take from... I, it drives me crazy. Don't do that, people. So I tried to pull from as many sources as I could and put together a timeline as much as I could. A little bit farther back in history, there in Ireland, there's this very cool lady named Alice Keitler. Um, And she was accused of killing her husband with witchcraft. One of the other accusations that she had 
against her was sweeping her neighbor's doorsteps to sweep their good fortune into her home, ah. which I think is fun. Uh, but she was tried to be, you know, tried as a witch, all that good stuff. I am assuming it did not end well for her. Now, the thing about witches and flying on brooms, this is more likely than anything a metaphor for hallucinogenic substances. Mm -hmm. So plants like henbane, belladonna, mandrake, and jimson weed contain hallucinogenic chemicals. Now, these women who would have known, and I'm sure some men, but mostly at this time, ladies who were the master, becoming more and more tied to the domestic sphere. Uh, as time went on, women became more and more the symbol of the home, and that wasn't always like that. That was that was something that happened over time. These women who knew herbs would have known that you can't just eat these things. They'll make you sick. But... <laughs> <laughs> if you mix them together into what was sometimes called a flying ointment, yeah. uh, applied to the glands under the armpits, or, and I'm going to be very clinical here, the mucous membranes of the genitals or anus. Uh, the word anus is funny to me. I couldn't stop that giggle coming out. I'm sorry. When applied to those sensitive places... Um, rather than ingested, it bypassed a lot of the nasty intestinal symptoms of taking those substances. But you still got high. You still got high. And so I'm not going to get graphic, but alongside being the sign of the domestic sphere, the broom is also quite phallic. <laughs> so how do yes. you how do yes, you get those substances up in those places? So Jimson weed mm -hmm. is the one I wanted to talk about, which has the common names, which are devil's apple, uh, thorn apple, uh, devil's snare, and what was the other one? I don't remember. We just literally saw we, it. We were just talking about also henbane. Anyway, it's part of the nightshade family. Yeah. And one of the things that I found this week because I was talking about my garden and I looked up some tomato stuff and I use a lot of tomato magic. It is part of the nightshade family as well and a lot of times can be mistaken for more poisonous and it used to be considered, a tomato used to be considered poisonous, but it also is used in flying ointments. There you go. And I was just like, what? Is that why we love tomatoes so much? They're just so good. But you'll see a lot of, uh, there's a couple of very specific quotes that I did not include in my, my notes because you'll see them in any article you look up about this, about what it feels like to be high on these things. Yeah. And there was a woman who was being, you know, persecuted as a witch and they went into her home and found a vial of ointment that she would spread on a stick like a magic magic words like you climb astride the broom and yeah. call for the devil to lift you up or whatever the heck mm. and all of that's you know good spooky fun but well I think <laughs> I think what intrigues me the most is the I was reading these articles and I was I was seeing that these women were being vilified yeah. for having the audacity to be naked or partially clothed or um, rubbing hallucinogenic substances on their nethers. But what I was picking up from it was basically like these women were a shining beacon of a middle finger 
to people who told them what they should or should not be uh, because it's such a contradiction the broom being such a symbol of domesticity and so to take your sexuality and tie it to that um, how dare you says the church well and find pleasure i'm I, sure how dare the, you find i know such pleasure yeah. I, I imagine yeah and there was also lots of stories about witches flying up through the chimney i think it's important to note that there's not really a lot of at least not old old like 1500s or whatever accounts of witches flying unaided they're usually right. on something and well and back to the apple thorn the devil's mm-hmm. um snare that flower only flowers for one day yeah and then it dies and it is incredibly poisonous Mm -hmm. even on your skin it's really it actually is really poisonous so yeah i would be interested to see if there are some recipes out there and some grimoires that are safe or if it just is dangerous and they just did it anyway because i mean they didn't know any human beings still do shit that's dangerous every single day yeah yeah we do um but i think I think that that is really fun, and basically it became a statement about sexuality and women's liberation that, at the time, the church simply could not abide. So that's where a a lot of the sort of demonizing imagery of women on brooms comes from. But then they were later during the Renaissance, like these beautiful naked women astride brooms and looking like cherubs almost, because, Mm -hmm. because let's look at a lady's body, I guess, but... There's some, those pinup room pictures that come around every Halloween, Mm -hmm. which I happen to love, but I really especially love, oh, I'm forgetting her name, the larger woman. Oh, I love her. Oh my gosh. She's just. She's so cute. That is like, okay. Yeah. And it's a little bit less objectified. More fat pinups, please. Yeah. Or just even, you know, size 12 or size six, not the, you know, here, really, really big breast and tiny. Tiny, tiny, tiny waist. Yeah. You know, that. More bodies. More bodies. More bodies. All the bodies. Um, Bring all the bodies. All the bodies. But I think that it's funny because I'm sure that a lot of people don't know the history of this and don't understand the hilarious, salacious association about (laughs) riding a broomstick and what that might mean. Um, And I will say also that written accounts of these were probably written by men. Probably. And so they would say something delicate, like she sat astride a broomstick. Hmm. Use your imagination. You should see Corey's face right now. Mm. You but did they? Did they sit did they? astride it? <laughs> mm. Like I said, not going to get graphic, but use your imagination. Um, anyway, so that is the... Oh, I have one more thing. Yeah. I have a list of broom etiquette, Okay, I guess, that I found. It's a sort of a collaboration of... of broom etiquette across other sources um it is considered unlucky to sweep dust out of a door after nightfall i didn't know Mm. that uh you never want to sweep on new year's day or you sweep away all your luck for the coming year that's fun that one i've heard if if a visitor is overstaying their welcome stand a broom up behind the door of the room in which they are being entertained they will soon grow uncomfortable and leave (gasps) wow 
which kind of makes me think of being in a diner or something and they start sweeping around you because they're starting mm-hmm. to close and you're like, oh shit, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to prevent the return of an undesirable overnight guest, sweep the room they slept in as soon as possible after their departure. Mm. Uh, stand a broom beside the front door to bar the entrance of negativity. If one sweeps under the feet of an unmarried person, they will never marry. What a bummer. I guess. If an unmarried woman steps over a broom that is lying on the floor, she will become a mother before she becomes a wife. And that one I've heard. That one I've heard. (laughs) That's a little presumptuous. I I believe that is an old Irish uh, tale. Yeah. Uh, If someone sweeps over your feet, you are in danger of going to jail unless you immediately spit on the brush of the broom, which seems very specific. And to bring rain within three days, dip a broom in a bucket of water into which dried fern has been crumbled and then hold the broom aloft, shaking the water out to simulate uh, rainfall. I want to try that. I would love some hecking rain. I have dried fern. Let's do it. (laughs) Uh, So that's the library, folks. Wow. It was a lot of information. Uh, we were talking about I, pretty we're talking about pretty uh, sexy stuff, so I love all this stuff. The first male witch I just ran across the Guillaume. Uh, the, yeah. I ran across him in some other research that I'm doing for one of our later episodes, so we'll hear about Guillaume again. I thought it was fascinating how much of this stuff was French. Oh. A lot of the stories that I saw uh, had to do with like French scholars or French priests. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm. oh that was neat. Should we head out to the fire? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Actually, you may have just heard a splashing noise. Because, oh, we still uh, at the pool? We, I, I think it's still hot enough that we don't want to encourage you to light those bonfires just yeah. yet. Unless you were lighting the bonfire in the middle of the pool. Splash, splash, we go. was taking a bath. Did you be do? Hi. Hi. So at the bonfire... I am not prepared today. My water is really far away and everything. So I may have to, when you speak next, hop up quietly and grab it. it. I'll get it in a couple minutes. Don't dehydrate, ma'am. I won't. It's not good to dehydrate. Do you have a broom? I have. I know the answer to this question. (laughs) I shared my brooms on the Instagrams. (laughs) I have a couple of fancy brooms from uh, Meckley Brooms that Mm -hmm. I bought uh, that are beautiful. And I have to steam them and put them in bags. Oh. Anyway. That, uh, that hails back to her. My house troubles right oh. now. So Ugh. sad. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Bed bugs can get wrecked. I hate them. Anyway, I have those brooms. I also have a small broom that I keep with my gardening supplies. It's just a mm-hmm. little like nylon plastic number. Uh, and then I have a broom hanging in the kitchen. Just a mm. little guy. A little hand broom. Just little sticks. That's so cool. I have a cleansing broom that I decorated with bells, blue and silver bells, and I use it pre-ritual quite a bit. I like to use a broom to cleanse my space. I don't even use it on the floor. I just use it in the air around me. That's that one I use in in the air. I have another one that I use for the floor, and then I have two small ones that are going to be a project before Samhain this year. Mm-hmm. And they will be, I'm, we're going to put them in crosses above one of the doorways Pretty. for protection. Yeah. And one of the 
lore that uh, you didn't say, but maybe you're going to say it here and I'm jumping the... I'm out. Are you out? When a broom falls, we're supposed to keep a door... A door? No, we're not. We're supposed to keep a broom next to our door. And certain things that the broom does when it's the one that's next to the door indicates certain things that are happening. And if it falls, company's coming. And and there are certain directions that you put it to ward off different things or to invite different things into your home. There are just lots of different uses for them, as well as just the domesticity of cleaning the ritual space physically. Yeah. There's also using it instead of sacred smoke, instead of um, incense and... Yeah, and what's cool about them, too, is you can make your own broom mm-hmm. out of, like, anything kind of you want. Um, I knew somebody who had a bro- a broom that looked like, um, you know, in barbecuing, the little sauce mop? No. It's just, like, a tiny mop, about six inches high with, like, cloth mop at the bottom so you can mop your no. meat with sauce. Oh, my god! If you're a barbecue fan, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, they made a base. It looked like that. It was like a stick with yarn at the end, and they just used that. I make little ones out of my apple tree twigs, and I burn them for different reasons, for different spells. Sure. I just make little ones. I should make you some. I love the idea of a bell with brooms on it. Nope, a broom with bells on it. Yeah, yeah. We're tired, I think, (laughs) today. I'm so tired, everybody. Work took so much out of my brain, and I've just been so stressed. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So, I could use some flying ointment right wh- now. Oh, couldn't you, though? Yeah. yeah. Don't Welcome do drugs. Welcome to our malapropisms, everyone. Uh, there are a lot of different uses, I think, for the symbol of the broom. Mm-hmm. And a lot of t- because it is. It's not just sweeping away negativity. It's also bringing things toward you. I know a lot of people who use them for money spells as well. Oh, a lot of people. Tracks? Yeah, I guess it does. Because prosperity and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I also just think they're super rad. Uh, like, they're cool looking. You have one that has been affected by lightning. Yeah, so Meckley Brooms, what they do is they attach charges, basically, to the handles of the brooms and conduct electricity through them. And it creates an effect on the handle that looks like a lightning bolt has struck it. And then they paint it and finish it. It's beautiful. And so there's something really cool about holding it because I'm like, yeah, this has voltage in it, you know? Very loud truck just went by. Uh, And Detta's face is murderous. (laughs) She is unhappy about it. Should be illegal. Should be Shush illegal to have Shush. Uh, but I think what I think is so cool about them now is, especially if you like know the history of them. I'm not worried about it. They <laughs> they know we live in the city. So I live in a place where people go by our house and write up. We've got a really straightaway where hot rods go by. I mean, if somebody's muffler has like, you know farted out and they can't get it fixed until next payday or you know in six months whatever I've been there done that but these are not those people these are people who have souped up their cars and they drive by to be obnoxious and it's just really I feel like I feel old I feel like a car should either make no noise or it should go (laughs) (laughs) I mean a car is could be your broom I don't know anyway but what I think is so great about the symbol of the broom as a person who knows the history of it 
Uh, it is a symbol of combining, like making and creating a home mm-hmm. with liberation, like saying that it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be locked into one thing. It's transformative. Yeah, it's liberating. As a lot of magic is. Mm-hmm. And, and not to be confused with, you can substitute it for different things. Right. You know, I, I think we talked about that in the last newsletter there are synonyms, but remember, synonyms are never exactly the same. Yeah. So a broom will do something different than a car or a vacuum cleaner. Sure. <laughs> Although it just will. Yeah. Just like herbs. Herbs cannot be magically interchange. Magically inter- Look, I'm doing it all over the place. <laughs> so corny. It, it, it can't be interchanged all the time either. They can be close and yeah. they might have some of the same properties, but... There's not just like a catch-all herb. And we've talked about this before. But if you're new to the podcast, (laughs) remember, synonyms are just that. They're similar. They're not exactly the same. same. I I love the broom. I love the broom. I think it's great. I think that it also kind of, for me, has sort of an independence about it. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just because of the phase I'm in my life. But there's something about the broom in the historical context of it being both practical and phallic and like feminine and domestic that gives me very like I don't need you vibes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I've got this. Yeah. Like I have everything I need actually. Um there's something about the broom that has those vibes to me. Well, not to mention you have to take really good care of it. Yeah. If you're going to be putting it in your body. Especially yeah. back then. I mean, think about it. That they had didn't to be know a about polished. Germs. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't yeah. know about germs, but you bet that that handle was polished. <laughs> uh, it was smooth. So that it didn't hurt. Anywhere. Yeah. You know where you don't want to sliver, everybody? Yeah. yeah. Not there. Oh. Ouch. 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 <laughs> yeah. And this was not strictly just women who would experience this. Um, there are glands in... in all genitalia that will absorb this. Um, one of the descriptions I saw um, about the trip that these drugs take you on uh, was, and these are backed up by like modern science. Yeah. They know for a fact that this is what these drugs do. Oh, um, we are so doing an explicit. It makes you, well, it makes you feel like you're flying. Yeah. But not only that, he said that when he was coming down, and this is a guy in like the 1600s or whatever the heck. Uh, when he said when he was coming down, he felt like a miasma of orgiastic delights or something. And I was like, Oof. buddy. <laughs> that is descriptive. Thank that you. That is descriptive way to describe how you're feeling. So this wasn't our predicted sex magic episode. But no, <laughs> no but I think I think that. Uh, women who eschew the norms to uh, like allow themselves to feel good yeah um is revolutionary and it has been for a long time yeah and the broom is a symbol of that yeah here's the other thing that i do with brooms i don't know how much you work it into your magic or your practice is in between maybon and Samhain I make a new one or I buy Mm. a new one and I decorate a new one. Now, that doesn't mean like the one that I have with my bells on it. I I just recharge it and I recharge it every month. I I do make a new one for the front door. And like I said, I'm doing these two smaller ones by smaller. I mean, they're like four or five feet long. No. Are they four or five feet? What's that? You're not doing four feet. You're doing three feet with your hands. Three feet. I'm doing three feet with probably another. So they're probably four with the. 
uh, with the straw that's on it. And mm. I am doing straw ones, not twigs. Mm. And also, but if you are going to make your own, and I do make my own every Samhain as well, I used to have uh, accessibility to a willow tree. And that was my favorite is to go along the willow tree and pick up little twigs at the willow tree. And I would use it for ritual and then we would burn it in the bonfire at the end of the night. That sounds fun. Yeah. We should do that for Samhain. That would be fun. Since I've moved here, I've used apple. I make the apple, which is a completely different correspondence and bringing in different things but i would like to find a willow tree there's a there's a person in our neighborhood who has a willow tree and right about this time they go out i've seen him out there before trimming and i think i might just knock on the door and say hey next time you do that can i have your leftovers yeah and hawthorne is another one that i have made brooms out of yeah you know you love your hawthorne yeah i do love my hawthorne and there are hawthorne trees here but i don't own a hawthorne tree anymore or hawthorne does not grace my property i made a yule broom last year using pine bough and i just tied them together it was very small it was like five inches tall and like three inches across um and i just tied it together with a green and red and gold ribbon and put a bell on it Wow, that sounds yeah. amazing. A little pine cone tied on there. I would love to hear. I hope listeners reach out and let us know what what kind of broom lore you've heard, what you knew, what you use brooms for in your practice. Also, are you scandalized by the history of these brooms? <laughs> um, sorry if you are. Um, I want to know, yeah, like like you said, like what are you using them for have you ever used them yeah they're not everybody's jam yeah and and that was gonna be my next thing does it appeal to you to use them at all uh also i want to reach out one more time we did a live or i did a live and jim popped on how fun was that video by the way it was fun to do but it felt weird doing it without you it was fun to like oh look alive there was a question i didn't answer though that was in the email and i will reach out to her and let her know that we've we're answering it here we had a question about whether or not it is okay to do spell work for other people. And I don't think she was asking, can I do a love spell and make somebody love me? I don't think that was it. I think it was a good energy healing kind of thing. And I am of the mind and I've worked with a lot of magical people and I've worked with healing magic for a long, long time. Here's the thing about energy and a lot of people who you know, think about hexes and stuff, don't believe this. So I need to let you know that what I'm about to say is controversial. If there is an energy coming towards somebody and they don't want it, they're not going to get it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I know that's not true in all cases. I do. I get it. I know that. um, But a lot of people believe that it's not unethical because if you send them energy and they don't want it, they, they won't get it. Yeah. Now, I have seen that not be the case. Sure. I've seen and but I also have seen that not be the case for people who are really open, haven't protected themselves enough with mm-hmm. certain wards and I'm talking good energy and bad energy sure. if you want to quantify energy in that manner, which I also know some people don't quantify it good or bad, but that's so as far as the ethics go when I am able to I always ask yeah I always ask yeah I also have friends who will ask me yeah so and and I 
there have been very few people and usually it's because they're people I don't know and they're really famous and you can't get a hold of them and I want to send them good energy because they're ill and I will do that. I'm sending so much good energy to Simone Biles right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So much good energy. Just and and that so that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't think that's harmful or unethical to I don't do think that. so. Uh, if you are trying to coerce somebody to fall in love with you or to leave their significant other so they can be with you, I personally do not believe that's ethical and would never participate in doing something like that or encourage you to do something like that. And I think it even gets tricky. I personally am very careful ethically around trying to stop people from oppressing Sure. I because my urge is to hex the hell out of them. Sure. And to make them pay and suffer. And but a lot of times I'll just do the send it right back to you three times. Their negative energy that they're sending out. I do bindings rather than the classic rubber glue back to you spell. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Somebody did an Instagram or a TikTok about that the other day about how people were really negative about witchcraft. Really? Well, you've been doing witchcraft all your life. Gosh, I wish I could remember who this was. And he was. It was a male witch. And he, he was like, sticks and stones may break your bones. Did your mom tell you that one? Yeah, she's a witch too. Uh, do you ever cross your fingers? Do you ever, You're yeah. a freaking witch. Yeah. You did you sing Happy Birthday? and blow out the candles yeah look you've been practicing witchcraft anyway it was a really great instagram so that's that is my personal feeling about it you have to make those decisions those ethical decisions for yourself but i i have to be honest if i saw somebody using magic to try to woo somebody Mm -hmm. away that i i would i would i would be brave enough to talk to them and sure. say, I think you need to step it back. Yeah. yeah. And as far as I, I have the opportunity to input on this one, so that's fun. I always ask. Yeah. And I've also had the urge for, from time to time to be like, hey, uh, I was thinking about you and I was wondering if I could do this. And they're like, sure. I do that a lot. But I'm fortunate to have pretty rad friends. I've pretty much trimmed most of the, yeah, you know. I have really Bad cool vibes. Christians in my life, Christians Same. that are the uh, definition of following Christ, and yeah. they're really awesome humans. And And I will often ask them, hey, can I light a candle for you and put you in my yeah. in my spell work and daily? And they're like, yeah, do you mind if I pray for you? Absolutely, yeah, go for, for it. Rad, <laughs> for rad people who pray, yeah. this is basically what we're doing. In most cases, is like I'm sending good energy to you, and they're going to be like, "Oh, that's like praying." I recognize that. I understand that. Yeah. Because praying is also magic, but we're not going to have that conversation right now. <laughs> I think some people would say, "No, it's talking to God, and God's going to come out and do that." And it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's literally, <laughs> I'm, that's what we just said. We're saying the exact same thing. <laughs> um, but that's a bigger conversation for another day. <laughs> but that was my answer to that question. So. Yeah. Like all things, go inside yourself and meditate with yourself and figure out what you feel comfortable with. And and it might be on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I agree. Okay. That was all. Yeah. Let's uh, let's throw out some water balloons. <laughs> oh, the burn ban. Calling out 
I'm not calling out. You <laughs> love to say that. I do. I say it all the time. You love to I say am... calling out and sparking up. I am. <laughs> do you need to talk about something, Dada? <laughs> I'm shouting out Quincy's Tavern oh, on TikTok. Rad. I am madly in love with this human. So in love with this human and what they have done with their TikTok page. And my wife, who is not on any of the social medias, I guess she's on Facebook, but doesn't really ever use it. I showed her Quincy's Tavern and she's like, how do I get those without being on TikTok? <laughs> I said, yeah, don't, except if you use my TikTok. Yep. And she goes, then I will do that. I And I'm almost, I'm not quite all the way through all of his. I discovered him about two and a half, three weeks ago. But I'm about halfway through his older ones. But I'm I kind of am slowing down because I found like Anna Redhair and now I have to wait for new ones all the time. It's like waiting for new episodes to drop. I know, I know these are just individual people. They are not a yeah. TV series that I have no expectations of them, but oh, I have so much fun when he drops a new video. So go check out Quincy's Tavern. Have you sent me any of those? I think so. I'll double check. Yeah, I think I sent you the Sunseeker one for Shadow and Bone. And that's the other thing, too, that I love about him. He goes across all fandoms. Yeah. But he did a uh, Skelmander. Um, am I saying that right? Magical Beast. Um, oh, Newt Scamander. Newt Scamander. Mr. Scamander. I have the... Oh, go watch that one. That okay. one is really great. Yeah. So Quincy's Tavern. Quincy's Tavern. Okay. Uh, my spark this week is a podcast. Ooh. It's a podcast recommendation. I have been obsessively listening for the last week. And they're about a year and a half, two years old. Uh, they don't come out every week. And I'm really scared what's going to happen when I get to the most recent episode and have to wait for the next one. Uh, but it's called The Old Gods of Appalachia. And it is so good. It is so good. It is some amazing storytelling. So it's a horror anthology podcast set in a fictional Appalachia. Which is why I struggle with it. I, I can only listen to a couple at a time because sometimes they scare the shit out they of me. They are quite scary, yeah. but they're also beautiful. And He's got a great voice. He's got a great voice. I think his, his last name is Shell. I can't remember. Steve Shell or something. Uh, he's lovely and... I am fascinated by that region. Mm -hmm. I recently saw an article about how that mountain range was formed when this continent smushed up against the European continent, created the big mega continent, and then drifted away, taking those states with it. And um, because I just think that Appalachia is this weird, old, like deeply old place in a way that a lot of places are not. Like everywhere is old. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like this place is old and weird. And I love that. Um, but it's it's such a beautiful podcast because it can be really hard to listen to narrative podcasts uh, sometimes because the voice acting may rub you wrong or the writing might not be so great. This is amazing. And That's I cool. highly recommend you listen to it. Even if you don't like spooky things, it's not like so spooky. But it's kind of spooky. It's it can be sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I I don't read Stephen King. I make other people tell me the stories. Stephen King is terrifying. He stuff. has a way of creating visual pictures with his words. Yeah. He really truly is one of the best authors I think of this generation. He's quite good. I it, but he terrifies me. Sure. So 
I have to make other people read them first and either tell me the story or say, no, it's okay. You can read this one. You'll be all right. It's good to have friends like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're really into Appalachia. 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 If you say Appalachia, they're going to throw an Appalachia. Well, it depends on who you are. <laughs> That's fair. It, it, I mean, really, truly, because yeah. I grew up in the South and... We heard Appalachia all the time, yeah, and that so that's what and that's what my grand called it was Appalachia, not Appalachia. Mm. So perhaps people who well, no, I knew people who lived there. So, uh, so maybe it's just also I just want to confess this. It might be my hearing, and that's what I hear. No, I'm not kidding. I hear things differently sometimes than some people. Um, just like pen and pen, and I know how to feel it, but I they sound the same to they me. Sound the same to you? Yeah. Fun. So, but I taught myself how to feel it in my mouth so that I could pronounce them. So I, it really truly might be me. But anyway, there is a whole website and about music mm. uh, that a woman started for her doctorate oh, 10, 15 years ago. And it grew and a lot of other people, I'll see if I can find the website for you okay. and send it on to you and, and post it on Instagram or yeah. something if y'all are interested in that region because it really is, there's some beautiful, beautiful art and creativity yeah. that music comes out that of comes that out world. of Appalachia is beautiful yeah um anyway it is its own world it's yeah. an amazing podcast please check cool. it out cool Corey. that's an yeah. awesome one okay yeah uh we're getting sleepy in the studio right now <laughs> not gonna lie uh i've got that bone deep exhaustion of yeah. moving furniture and hauling bags of laundry and all that good stuff now i'm sleepy and i have to go home and do it more okay uh, but this has been real nice. It's I nice missed to see you. you. Missed your I missed you big time. Uh, but until we see you next time, be well. Harm none. And don't forget that you are magic. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And we'd like to ask you to rate and review us on Apple Podcast. And to press the little plus sign on Spotify to add us to your episodes. You can also find us on iHeartRadio and just about anywhere where you listen to podcasts. But if you want to reach out and talk to us, you can email us at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter or just ask us questions and hang out. You can catch us on Twitter at bonfirebabble or on Facebook at bonfirebabblepodcast or on Instagram at bonfirebabblepodcast, which is where we spend most of our time. Yes. We are also... Hooray! On TikTok now at Bonfire Babble Podcast. Thank you, Corey. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, it's a little baby page right now, but we are recording things and putting them up. And our website will also start to have a lot more information, and that is bonfirebabble.com. You can also reach out to us in a more tangible way. We have a P.O. Box now, which is P.O. Box 16341. Seattle, Washington, 98116. We would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle. The Duwamish people, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information, reach out to realrent.org.